experiencing on this episode 49. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. And it's Tom here. I'm running solo tonight and simply because when I connected with Brandon about getting on the podcast, we connected on several levels and we just had a blast just talking. I was like, man, I got to do this episode just with Brandon and you know, hear what he's got going on. So Brandon, how you doing, man? Man, I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you for this chance to be on this podcast. This is a big deal. So um, I'm good, man. I'm so good. I'm I'm thankful for what the Father's doing. And I'm looking at so many opportunities, knowing that God is just saying, hey, I want you. And then if I have your eyes, then the sky's the limit. So I'm, yeah. I'm in a good spot, man. Oh, that's so good to hear. And like, I just, I just love how we connected because, you know, for people who know my story and know my background, uh, you can listen to my story if you listen to episode one, I believe is where I have it. And, and it just shares my background. And, and there was a, there was a point where I said, okay, God, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, then I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to do the crazy adrenaline junkie things that you want me to do. And I'm going to find ways to use it for his glory. And then I met Larissa, but here I am, lo and behold, talking with Brandon, who I feel he's at that other end of the spectrum where he's he's been living the life of the incredible adrenaline junkie, you know, lifestyle, doing the mountain biking. I think I saw some snowboarding. You are a licensed skydiver. And I'm like, man, I think I met like the the other uh other person that I might have been similar to. So it's a lot of fun having that conversation. And, and of course, no regrets on, on my end. Like I'm so happy with where the Lord has taken me, but there's also that excitement of, of where God is taking you in life and the other, other things that, that could have happened. Of course, it's fun to, you know, kind of think in that, in those ways in a positive light, of course. And Brandon, man, like, mm. what what are the sports that you're into? Like, what are all the things that you enjoy doing? Oh man, uh, I've had a, a struggle with that, but I love so my my first love is motocross. Like, I grew okay. up racing motocross, and I got to a pro level with with that, and it it became my identity, and that's a big part of our story. Um, God said, "Hey, this is not who you are, but this is what you do," and um, so motocross for sure is, is my number one sport, but nice. I love snowboarding. I love snowmobiling, snowmobiling, mm-hmm. like backcountry. There's, there's a whole new world when you, when you learn how to, <laughs> to ride one of those backcountry sleds and you get, you get up oh, in the, wow. the backcountry to, to explore places that people don't get to. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I just, I love, oh man, there's so many. I'm not, what's funny is I run an action sports summer camp. So there's mountain biking, BMX, um, there, there's the scooters, there's skateboards. I don't do any of that. I love mountain biking, but I've never mm-hmm. been a freestyle mountain biker. Um, yeah. but the whole action sports lifestyle sports scene just calls to this, this 
free spirit that God's given us, some of us for sure, that mm -hmm. lets us just let our wings loose. And there's the getting into flow state and, and how do you make these decisions that you're you're acting before you have the the brain capacity to make the decision. I, I love that stuff. And so yeah. the, the science can't keep up with how God's made us to connect with him in a different level. And I mm -hmm. love that aspect. You mentioned skydiving. I love skydiving. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting my pilot's license, which I hope I will never turn into an adrenaline sport, but, um, <laughs> Please, <no>. <laughs> but <laughs> so it, it's just, I think that my draw to action sports um, is more of a, a way to explore different different realms that God's given us. So I looked at mm -hmm. the the ocean. I was like, man, I want to I want to see how that can become a playground. And yeah. so I got my scuba license and I got some advanced licenses. And nice. So I'm scuba certified to, too. Just putting that out there. Come yeah. on. Come <laughs> on. So that's that's a playground. And then mm -hmm. we got the ground. Like we can ride mountain bikes. We can rock climb. We can ride moto. We can do those things. That's that's a playground. And then yeah. we, you look at the sky, you're like, wait, there's another playground. And so you can <laughs> learn how to skydive. And so it's just cool. God said, hey, I want you to take dominion over this. But I also know the the Father's all about like enjoying this life and having the yeah. most fun we can. And um, just the fact that we can explore these different realms to have fun in those different places is, is special. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think we're both in the same place of like, we want to get as much out of life as we possibly can. 100%. And just because I've gotten married doesn't mean like that totally hasn't happened. I haven't shelved my extreme sports. Like I still love doing those things. Yeah. I don't do it as much of a capacity as I used to, or that I was envisioning I would, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my wife and I, we still get to the mountains. My daughter, she, started snowboarding before she was two years old. So this winter That's we're going to get her back out and get her, get her more into it. Nice. And, and so like, yeah, the, the, the capacity changes. I, I still climb. That's probably uh, the sport that I do the most as well as snowboarding. But man, don't you just love it? How it's always like the most expensive sports that you're drawn into. Right. It's so annoying, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It, it, as long as you have the attitude of, how do I explore this and and be happy with what I have? It doesn't matter yeah. which, what like equipment or what you can afford. It's just make the most of it and then explore mm -hmm. what you can with what you have. And yeah, I think that God wants us to explore and, and experience what he has for us. And so, yeah, yeah. Every time I have a quick side story, I had a, a really a janky snowboard when I was growing up. Okay. And I was on the bus going home and God was teaching me two lessons. He was like, Hey, I want you to snowboard this summer. I was, uh, so I'm on the bus, meaning I'm like probably 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you to give that to the kid that you heard about earlier that really wanted a snowboard that doesn't have one. And I said, yes, in my heart, I didn't tell anybody. So that's important. Um, I said, okay. I don't know. I already bought a season pass. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and so, but father, I, I promise you, I'm going to give you that snowboard. It's, it's his. 
And so I got home and I walked onto my deck at the house that I was living at with my mom. And um, there was a new snowboard sitting on the deck with my name on it that my mom didn't know about with a Hmm. yellow sticky note that said to Brandon from God. And my mom doesn't know where it came from. I don't know where it came from. It was the exact fit, the right size, everything that would fit me. And it was a, it was a 10 times upgrade from the one I had before. And nobody knew about that. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to give that snowboard to anybody, but God was like, Hey, it's incredible. So God knows the details and he wants to, like, he wants us to explore. He wants us to enjoy him, but he wants us to tell him what we, what we desire as long as it doesn't take the place of him, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there's tons of examples in my life of that, but that was a fun one. So that was the new snowboard that I had for a while. That's cool. That's so incredible. Now, and with the skydiving, because uh, you mentioned you uh, are doing some skydiving. And when we were talking on the phone, you know, I was like, like you know, are you A, B, C, D level skydiver? And you're like, I, I could tell you, like, kind of kind of set a back a little bit. Okay, he knows some things about skydiving. And um, and so you mentioned you're, you're an A skydiver mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. then you told me about a crazy accident that really grabbed your attention recently can you can you dabble into that story just a little yeah, bit yeah yeah so a level is uh the beginner level it's when you get your license and you're just a newbie right so mm-hmm. i have 75 skydives um solo and i jump out this is only a handful of skydives ago and <laughs> i jump out and like you got this this is good we're going down, and then all of a sudden, I feel just free in the sky. The feeling when you get out of the plane and mm. you're solo, it's it's different. And I'm like, I'm going to do a backflip. So I just tuck into a backflip, and as soon as I'm upside down, all of a sudden, I'm getting jerked to the sky. Like, my my whole body was kind of pulled in half, it felt like. And all of a sudden I realized that my parachute had been pulled. And what ha- I guess what had happened is the deployment bag was loose and my, my D bag went out and, and it just pulled my parachute. And all of a sudden I'm under canopy and I'm at 9,000 feet and my lines are twisted and part of the lines were over one of the side of the parachute. So I had a partial um, deflated parachute. And so that spins, that, that throws you into a spin. And I'm spinning uncontrollably by myself in the sky. And the G forces were gnarly. It was so heavy that I was starting to black out from how heavy the, the G forces were. And I just started to pray. I was like, Father, I don't, I don't know what to do because. Mm. At this stage, this is probably one of the worst case scenarios. I have line twist. I yeah. have um, uh, just, there's no way to, to recover from this. And I'm going at the earth at 160 miles an hour. And we've got to figure it out. And I remember him just saying, just reach to your chest. You know what to do. And I, I pulled the deployment or, or the mm-hmm. cutaway. And 
Yeah, it was gnarly. I, I got to the yeah. to the ground because I my reserve pulled and I got down and I saw my main parachute hit the ground and that was surreal. And hmm. I was like, man, that could have been. I, I if I wouldn't have been able to pull that, I would have gone down to where the the AAD would have pulled the other one and it would have turned into a scenario where I had two parachutes out at the same time, which would have spiraled. I would have hit the ground and I would have been dead. Like there's, there's no pull away at that point. And so if he wouldn't have said, Hey, just reach your chest, grab that cutaway. Like I will, I would be dead. And standing on the ground, the owner of the, the drop zone came over and was like, Hey, can we just keep this between us? Because this was a serious situation and I'd love to just debrief with you. Don't tell anybody about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that was serious, but it, it, it showed me just the seriousness of, of we play with big stakes, but sometimes mm-hmm. those stakes come and bite us. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly some scary stuff. Glad you're still with us. And man, that's just so crazy to me. And, you know, have have you ever considered getting into base jumping? I would love to. Honestly, I'm heading up to West Virginia. We have a a camp that is up in West Virginia that uh, one of our main events this year is showing up to Bridge Day. And Bridge Day mm-hmm. is at New River Gorge Bridge, where they do base jumping off the bridge. And every time I'm like, man, I want that. I want to jump off that bridge. <laughs> I want to, you know, that's only, it's 900 feet instead of, you know, 14,000 feet. But yeah. still, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But. Yeah, that would be really cool. I saw an article today uh, about some uh, base jumper that was being fined somewhat locally because he had jumped off of a wind turbine and <laughs> and then like at the bottom of the article it's like damages you know are estimated at $20 like literally like <laughs> he busted the padlock went up the ladder and he did a base jump and, and I just like laughed at that a little bit and and our um, my family's dairy farm as I'm growing up and you know you know I'm, I'm tracking like 15 years back when I had my eyes my eyes on potentially base jumping and this kind of stuff like I I thought of, you know, if the farm were to build a wind turbine, which is something that they were seriously considering, I was like, man, like if we got our own wind turbine, I could like base jump on my own property. Like oh, that man, would be the coolest go. thing ever. Let's go. You know, of course, neither of those things did did develop and that's okay. But that would have been pretty wild. But, you know, well, I know I, I I have some yeah, friends with wind turbines. If the dream's still alive, let's roll. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. I I, I have a commitment to my wife that I cannot base jump. So that's <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. Man, that would be so fun, though. Hmm. But, yeah, now I know, like, in my heart, as I had surrendered my singleness, I told God, I was like, I'm going to be using these extreme sports, find ways to use it for your glory. And how are you right now using your singleness and your passion for extreme sports for God's glory? Hmm. Well, it's been a interesting story of God gave me. So my dad died when I was about five, I was almost Mm -hmm. five years old and my identity was wrapped up into um, what I could offer who I was. I was constantly looking for who's going to tell me that I'm enough. 
who can tell me that I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm, I, I'm smart enough. Uh, just all the things that we all carry inside, you know, and mm-hmm. what's, what's crazy about this is I found a, I found a motorcycle in our, our shed that we didn't own, but the property owner owned. And I fell in love with that concept of what if I could be on a bike and be free. And mm-hmm. I was playing football. I was doing the baseball thing I was doing, but I wanted to know that I could prove that I had enough by myself. And so I was drawn to the action sports scene because that was an independent scene where it's up to me. And so I started to excel with the motocross stuff. I made it to a pro level. Um, but the crazy part of that looking back was I was at a supercross and some kids came up to me with a hat to sign and I was signing the hat and I looked at the, the kid I was signing the hat for and I saw the eyes on him that, that I used to have. Mm-hmm. And I was broken at that moment. I was like, holy smokes. Like I have the influence now that they used to have with me, the pro athletes used to have for me. And he's looking for what I'm still looking for. And I went to the line to get ready for the race and my goggles are on the 30 second boards up. The gate's about to drop. The race is about to start. And I'm like, man, I'm teared up in my goggles. I'm like, this is not the end game. This is not the big picture. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Lord, like, just help me get through this race. Help me do well. But I know this isn't the bigger picture. Yeah. And so I got done with that race and I went to bed that night. And I remember praying like, Father, what do you have that is a bigger, bigger story? I thought being a pro rider was the end game. And I'm still looking. I'm still searching. And that that's hard. And so he said... I have a bigger story for you and I want you to surrender your career to just let go of this identity search because you're not going to find it within success. You're not going to be the best writer in the world. You're not going to be the most famous writer in the world and you're, you're still going to be searching. And so I cried myself to sleep for three weeks straight being like, dad, what do I need to do? Who am I? If I have to give up this career and I've just made it to this point, what do you want from me? And he said, I just want you to know that you're my son. So where I went from there was just three weeks of crying myself to sleep saying, who am I if I'm not on a motorcycle? Mm -hmm. And he said, again, I don't care if you're on a motorcycle. I care if you understand who you are as my son. And I think that applies 100% to being single or it applies to being married, or if you're in a marriage yeah. that you're struggling in, it doesn't matter because there's struggle on every front. And the point that he was showing me at that point has really helped me understand how to operate through this season because I'm still single. I'm still free solo, right? I can mm-hmm. go base jump yeah. if I want. No one's <laughs> telling me not to go base jump, but I yep. still have this loneliness <laughs> of, I would love to have a wife, but mm-hmm. I know that what he's been telling me is I'm not going to be content by the context or the circumstance. Like there's always a greener pasture. There's always mm-hmm. something that we're looking for saying, Oh, if I just make it to be a pro rider, 
then I'm going to be, I'm going to be worth something. Or if I just get married, I'm going to be content because I, I have a wife and I can start a family or I'm in the middle of this marriage that I'm struggling in. And if I could just get to this place where we found peace and we we're, then I'm going to be content. No, I think that in the struggle of that, that tension, that's where the, the father really does the best work. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the middle of us being in pain, he has our attention. And so I want to not overrun this, this chat with you because I love this conversation. But if I could rewind, I was in 2009. Actually, this is November of 2008. I was sitting at um, my house looking at my bike, my truck, my place where I was living on my grandpa's farm. We had a supercross track built mm-hmm. in the backyard. We had an excavating nice. company. Like it was, <laughs> we had steaks on the grill. I had my, my wolf who is, his name is echo running around the yard. And I was wow. so happy, dude. I was, I was like the sun setting. We were shooting guns and, at these targets out there and we're like man this is this is the life yeah my best friend's living next to me and everything just seemed perfect and i remembered just the the feeling of being desperate for god to provide for everything growing up with my my dad had died obviously my mom was struggling to pay bills we were just trusting that God was going to come through for every detail. And I remembered a closeness with the father that just brought this contentment of, I don't have to figure this out. I don't have to be in the perfect situation, but I feel your closeness and I'm so happy. I'm so content. I'm so fulfilled knowing that you're close. And that was me as a a little boy. And Mm -hmm. So I'm in this moment looking at the trailer, my trailer meaning I had a really cool camper I was living in, but my, my motorcycle, like the truck, the whole thing. Right. And Mm -hmm. I longed for those days. I was like, man, I'm not content. I'm, I'm striving right now to find what will make me fulfilled. And I remember praying this prayer, God, would you please take away everything that you need to for me to feel you that close again because all of this is sweet but none of it none of it compares mm-hmm. and um i'm not saying that that prayer did all of these things but what happened is fast forward 3 months uh i was in california doing a, a interview for a magazine and i get a phone call during that interview and they had just told me that it was the sheriff on the phone. He said, Brandon, are you the owner of echo? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, I just shot echo. had to take him out because he was Mm -hmm. chasing wildlife. And so you're being charged with X, Y, and Z misdemeanor and this and that. Hold on. What, what I verified with my friends that were watching the dog that they hadn't seen him for a while. And so my heart's broken during that interview. 
I'm like, he's my best friend. Um, you just, you just killed my dog. Like, and so my buddies that were with me in the interview said, let's just pause this. Let's go ride. Let's, let's get our minds off this. They brought our bikes to the track. We met there, got on the bikes, rode three laps and my throttle sticks on my bike and I get pitched off the bike and I break my left femur. And so I'm being rushed to the hospital Hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, Hey, so we've saved your life. You probably should have died because the way that it's broke, it could have severed your femoral artery. Like you should have died, but there's a miracle. Um, But the bad news is your health insurance lapsed a week ago and you owe us $80,000 for saving your life. I'm like, man, Oh my gosh. So, I'm going home to Colorado and I'm like, well, I can't keep going with the ministry. Like the organization that I've started is, is stopped. I told God that I would give him my racing career. And I started doing these Bible studies and church services for the racers. And now it's all done. It's stopped. It's like we had momentum and now it's done Hmm. and I can't work. I can't do anything. I can't even I can't walk. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. Uh, My finances are out of control. And so I was just in a a hard spot. And the one thing that I was holding on to, I was like, well, at least I'll get to see Abby. And Abby was a girl I had dated for about seven years. Um, Seven years, meaning seven years of dating over a course of probably 10 years. And she was the only girl I knew. We started dating in middle school and went through high school and then after high school. And then I had to move to California for racing. And we said, hey, let's just take a break while you're in California. Let's just figure out it because we only knew each other. Um, What if if God brings us back together, then uh, it's meant to be. You know, so I'm I'm coming back to Colorado broken and I see her and I tell her, Hey, I, I know that you're my wife. Like I want to marry you. And speaking of the singleness part, I was like, at least that's that's the one thing I can hold on to. Yeah. And she gives me a big hug and I say goodbye to her that night. I'm like, let's talk tomorrow. And so she goes home and I go to bed and next morning, 9am, my phone rings and I, it's her mom. It's, it's Abby's mom. And she says, Brandon, uh, you're my first phone call. And I said, yeah. She said, Abby was just killed in a car accident. Oh no. And I was wrecked, man. Like, I was like, okay, God, that, like, that's, what else are you going to, like, I thought that that was my one hope of security. That was my one hope for being um, just fulfilled Mm -hmm. and feeling like I have some grounding. And I remember laying on the couch after that being like, God, what in the world do I, what do I put my hope in? Like, how am I going to, 
how am I going to find this security and this purpose and this fulfillment that you promised? And he said, you're not going to find it here. You're not going to find how to be fully alive on this earth unless you let go of it. And he reminded me of the verse of, <laughs> if you lose your, your life for my sake, you'll find it. And mm -hmm. I was angry when I thought of that. I was pissed. I was like, yeah, yeah you just took everything. How am I supposed to feel good about that? And I remember laying there with tears streaming down my cheeks, being like, what else do you want? I don't even care anymore. And there was this moment where he was like, listen, I, I want you to see that I want to pull you away from the earth enough that you let go of the things that you're holding on to that are being ripped out of your heart. And they're good things. They're, they're the financial, they're the relational, they're the, the marriage that you thought you had. They're the ministry that you thought you were doing. Like, I, I don't want you to attach your identity to any of these things, your security or your well-being to any of the things that are attached to this world. I want you to know that you're okay with just me. Like, I am enough for you. And I can't just say that because that, that seems like it cheapens the pain. But once you've lost these things, you're going to see that I am enough. And I remember being in that moment where I was like, I, I don't want anything. Like you could, you could take anything from me. I don't even care anymore. All I want is to know that, that I'm okay. And he gave me two choices. He said, you can be angry at me and I'll still be with you. You can be bitter and I'm still going to be with you. And that's going to be that route. Or you can choose to surrender and know that I'm working on a, a whole different level. That means that you just trust me and you just put your hope in what I have for you. And we're going to go that route. And it's your choice. It's it's not a bad or a, just do what you want to do. I'm going to be with you no matter what. And I remember sitting there with those two choices and saying, I don't have a choice. I, I don't have the strength to want anything right now. And so you're all that I, I can see putting my hope into because you're the only one that I can't have taken away from me like I can't lose you and so you're the only one that I, I can put my hope in and what he showed me from that is these other things are not bad but if you hold your hands open and say hey if I have a relationship or if I don't if I have a career or I don't or if I have mm -hmm. wealth or I don't my identity is not wrapped up in those but more so my 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 heart's content is not wrapped up in those things either and yeah. i'm okay like father you have created me as a spiritual being an eternal being having a human experience and if i lose all of these things that are earthly or temporary i'm still your son i'm still an eternal being having a human experience mm -hmm.
And so if you understand that you're my child, then you're going to be content because I can, I can take things out of your hands or I can give things to you, but you're not going to be attached to those things because your worth and your contentment and your satisfaction are not going to be tied to the things that I give or I take away, but who you are. And so just understand that I want you to see this picture that you're mine and I want to give you good things, but I don't want you to be attached to those things because they can distract you from what I want for you and what I have for you. So coming from that, that season of leaving what I had held on to so much. So the father was like, I want you to let go of what I've, taken from you but it's not that i've taken your identity from you you're still okay mm-hmm. you understand that you're still my son and you, your identity and your contentment um can be found in me and is only found in me and i'm training you for heaven i'm training you forever because where i've where I have designed you to reign and rule is not in this temporary place called earth. And the first part is accepting that I've paid the price for you to be a part of my family. And so starting at the basics, you've never been enough. You've never had what it took. You've never been able to do it on your own. You've never had the keys to contentment. But because I sent myself through Jesus to die for your mistakes and turning away from me called sin, then you're, if you accept that, then you become my child. You become my heir, my son, and I treat you like that. And you have everything that you need. But it's not based on these earthly uh, just values that we have. There's not a way to quantify what it means to have enough, what it means to be fulfilled, what it means to be content. Because you're not meant for this world. Again, you're an Mm -hmm. eternal being. You're an alien and a stranger, according to what I've said in my, my word, which is the Bible. Like you are not meant for this world, so you're not going to be content. You're not going to find what you're looking for here because it's not here. But I do have a way for you to thrive here on earth, and that's to connect with what I've told you about being my eternal son. And so if you connect with the truth of your eternal, realistic, like that's, that's the truth of who you are, now we have a new platform to, to base everything off of. And so if you understand that you're my son and you're living in this world for a moment and we can deal with the context of what you have and what you don't have as just pieces of the puzzle, yeah. then we can operate on our belief. When I say our belief, I, I say that intentionally, that, that Jesus said, I'm going to give you my belief, my faith, like what you will have access to is what I see as the truth when you say yes to me. And it's your choice. But my gift to you 
that you don't deserve, that's called grace, Yeah, is I'm going to give you my belief. And you're going to be united with me in the same belief. So we can walk in a way that brings us closer together. And the whole purpose of your life is to be united with me. And to understand that I love you and I have you and I will fulfill you. But it has very little to do with the context. And so we in this in this temporary world called our life look at the context and we build our belief of our value and our worth and our contentment and all of these things off of what we have or what we see or what we could maybe have. And Mm -hmm. I believe God showed me through a very painful but very beautiful process that that's not the answer. That's not the piece of the equation that will fulfill the answer you're looking for because I put the answer inside your heart and you're always going to look for that answer, but you're never going to find that answer unless I put inside that equation that you have to understand that you're my child if you said yes to me and that Mm -hmm. I have eternal, eternal um, perspective for you, uh, eternal context for you. And yes, I want to give you the best. I want to give you a beautiful wife. I want to give you a beautiful husband. I want to give you a great career or I want to give you a great purpose or ministry or whatever. But as soon as that starts to take your affection or your, your gaze off of me, then it pulls you away from what you were designed for to be Mm -hmm. truly fulfilled. And that's what hit me really hard is I was, I was starting to see, You've taken everything that I thought that I needed and I've been terrified of losing and it's gone. And now I find myself in this weird space of being okay. And I feel kind of like, I I don't feel okay about that. I feel like there's this gross part of my, my heart feeling like I, I, how could I see those things as not as important as I thought they were? But he's saying they're important to my heart, but they're not the answer to your fulfillment or your contentment or your purpose or your value because I've created you, again, as an eternal being. And so I want you to look at this whole life as if you're already in heaven. I want you to look at this looking back on your life and saying, what about those things mattered? And what I've <clears throat> what I've been able to understand here through this process is the relationships are the most important, but they're not eternal. So how do I, how do I cherish the relationships and how do I value the career or the status or the, the comfort? Because I know that the father wants me to be happy, but not happy to the expense of progression or comfortable that's another word we can say he wants us to be comforted and comfortable but he doesn't want the comfort to take away from the unity and the progression in our relationship with him so he's going to say i'm going to substitute your comfort for progression because i'm looking on an eternal timeline that is i'm a, I'm a good investor and i will not waste your pain <laughs> 
But if I have to take something from you that is going to cause pain and you trust in me in that process, and that draws you closer to me, which has multiplication on multiplication for eternity, then it's worth it. And you have to trust me that I'm a good father, because if you were to get on this side of eternity and you saw what I could have taken from you as an investment to have you lean into me and I didn't, then you would have wished that I would have. Because there is so much for you to gain for eternity in the intimacy and the connection with me by having to trust me through the hard stuff that the comfort is no longer an issue. You would have traded that a hundred times for the growth and the intimacy that we would have gained from that. And so I believe 100% that the father is saying, I want you to be happy. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be fulfilled. I love you. And I'm looking at the big picture, which is eternity. And so if you're okay with me taking away whatever distracts you, then now all of a sudden I see you as capable of not being distracted by those things. So now I can give you those things. And I just want to be transparent that I'm sitting here just saying this as a single man running an organization, wishing I had a wife and a family and like those things are still a desire for me. I long yeah. for those things, but yeah. I'm content without those things because I know that I don't have to have those to be fulfilled because I'm fixed. My eyes are fixed on the big picture because I know that as soon as we get those things, if that's what we had relied on for our fulfillment, then all of a sudden we fear losing those things and they become an object that we're, slave, we're enslaved to that still rob our contentment. So whether you're single or you're, you're married, it, it, like that's just, those are details. But the fact yeah. is, where's your heart? Where, are you content with or without? Like Paul said, I'm finally learning this, this revelation. I'm putting words in his mouth, by the way. Okay. I'm finally understanding what it means to be content in any and every circumstance. Like if I have enough or more than I need, or if I don't have enough and I'm in need, I'm still content because yeah. the things don't, the relationships don't, the context does not fulfill us. And so if we can understand that piece, we are set up to be in one with our father and, and the purpose that he has for us and the, the future that he has for us is wilder than we can imagine. Like mm-hmm. he has things for us that we could not even dream up, but we have to let go of all the temporary stuff and, and we can have open hands and enjoy them. But if he takes them out of our hands, then does that change who we are? Does that change our contentment? Does that change our identity? And if it doesn't, then I believe that he's like, man, I can't, I don't have enough room in your hands to fill your hands with the good things I have for you. The career, yeah. the family, the, but he does not want to distract us. And so this is one thing I want to say that Abby, who, who died in that car accident, um, she said, are you looking at his hands? Are you looking at his eyes? That was one of the last things that she said to me before she died. And that has rung through my head over and over. That was 2009. And now here 
were <laughs> so many years later. Yeah. I still remember that so clearly. Are you looking at his eyes? Or are you looking at his hands? And if we want what God has for us, then we're going to miss who he is. But mm -hmm. if we want who he is, we're going to have everything he has in his hands. And so, yeah. Yeah. Man, that is such an incredible moving like story and just everything that you've been through it it's just just heartbreaking but at the same time it's heartwarming just seeing how mm -hmm. God has used that mm -hmm. and brought you to to where you are and you know looking in looking in God's eyes and seeing who he is that's such an incredible perspective to take away from that and you know for for people that are really struggling with their singleness. I mean, like how, what is your encouragement to them in, in the midst of that? Yeah. You know, we've been designed to be uh, in relationship at the very beginning. God said, it's not good for, for man or for woman to be alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a reflection of his heart. And I, I believe that as I have personally struggled through that and currently still long for a family, long mm -hmm. for a wife, long for a family, um, I think that the most important piece of this is to understand that if we're looking at his eyes, he has in his hands what is going to be the best for us and fulfill us. But really, the treasure is in his eyes. And that's what we've been yeah. designed for. And so what we long for in a family represents what he longs for in us. And if we can let him show us what he wants in us. So I had a, I had a dream one time. And I'm going to put it in short form here. But essentially, I was looking into his eyes in this dream. And I saw my reflection. And he said, do you see who you are according to what you see in my eyes? And it, it transformed my whole perspective of who I was because I found myself as complete when I saw myself in his eyes because it wasn't the reflection that I saw when I thought about myself. It was the reflection of who he saw. And he created me to be one with him. And where this would be a disconnect with, well, I just want a wife right now. Like I, I can't be fulfilled until I find my wife. I, I have been there and mm -hmm. I, I understand that pain. Like that, that is the longing that I saw in the father's eyes when I looked in his eyes in that dream. Like he had this yeah. longing in his eyes. Like I long for my bride. My, I long for the one that I created. I didn't have to, but I chose to create someone that I would want. And as soon as I looked in his eyes, I saw the longing. And then when I saw my reflection, I saw that I was what he was longing for. And as soon as I gave up what I thought I needed, then I found contentment. And I'm not saying that I don't struggle with that. Like the difference is yeah. we have a, a spirit inside of us. This is our eternal being. That's our spiritual nature. And we have this flesh. And the desires are not wrong. They're not wrong. They've been given to us by the Father. 
They're a reflection of the Father's heart. So those are not to be shamed. The reason that so many people turn to pornography and different things is because we want that we want that intimacy. We long for it. That was given to us by the Father. But the enemy is saying, hey, I'm going to give you a shortcut. I'm going to give you a cheap trick. Then it's going to lead us to further brokenness. And it's going to lead us to a bigger cavern of being empty and being unfulfilled and broken. And it's just, it's a trick that leads to death. But what the Father is telling us is, I long for you like you can't imagine. And just a tiny portion of this, you long for a bride, just like to a small degree that I long for you. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, as soon as you find your contentment by surrender, that I can fulfill you by looking in my eyes. And it takes courage. Like I promise you, there's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of frustration. I've been so angry looking at the father being like, I, I'm heartbroken that Abby died. And now Abby has been and gone for a long time. And I've still longed for my bride, mm-hmm. but every time that I've gone to him and I've said, oh, where is my bride? He's like, as soon as you're ready, as soon as you're content in knowing your true fulfillment, because as soon as you find that bride, if you don't find this first, you're still going to be looking. As soon as you find her, you're still going to be looking. Mm-hmm. But I want to show you contentment first. And then I want to bring you all the good things. And so that comes back to, are you looking at my hands? What I have for you in my hands, I have so many things. They could be a good career. They could be a beautiful bride. They could be a family. They could be all these things. But if you're looking at those things to fulfill you, they're going to let you down. But if you're looking in my eyes, you're going to find fulfillment. Everything you're looking for is going to be found right in that moment of surrender of saying, I let go of those things. I want you, I surrender, I don't understand it because we can't. But as soon as you let go and you look in his eyes and you find that that peace because you've let go, then he's like, oh, I can't wait to give you the things in my hands because they're not going to pull you away from me. Yeah. Because I've designed you for that intimacy with me. When you're looking in my eyes, that's why I made you. You know, and... Ephesians 3.20 is such a beautiful part of the Bible that says that God wants to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We can't even imagine. So if we think like, man, I have my hot bride picked out in my mind, I have my checklist, I know exactly what she (laughs) looks like. I'm waiting, God, I'm just trusting you. He's like, "Mm, yeah, just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Don't stop hoping for it. Yeah. But, but but let it go for a second and take a deep breath and look in my eyes. Do you have the courage? If you don't have the courage, that's fine. I'll give you the courage. Just ask me for it. Yep. And look in my eyes and I'm going to fulfill you. I'm going to blow your mind with what it, what it feels like to be content and fulfilled. And then as soon as you do that, just keep your eyes locked on me because the things I'm bringing to you are going to be very tempting to be distracted by because they're so good. They're so good. But I want the best for you, but I don't want to distract you by my gifts because I am the treasure. I created you Mm -hmm. for me. 
me and I, I am the only one that is going to fulfill you. Yeah. And so it was ripped out of my hands. I think there's a lot of people that don't have to go through that. I believe that there's a lot of people that can that can trust the Father to say, hey, I trust you. I'm going to give you everything that I have in my hands that I think that I want and I need. And if I, I look in your eyes and I find you as who I've been designed to fall in love with in my whole heart and be captivated by, then everything you have in your hands is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. And by the way, then you're probably going to be the best business owner and the best husband and the best whatever, <laughs> because you're going to uh, have his power flowing through you, his wisdom, Holy Spirit's going to give you ideas and the energy. And you're not going to look at those things for contentment that they're not able to provide. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, something I often think about is, in, you know, how, how the Lord taught me to surrender it and give it to completely to him. And, you know, I, I am confident, like, I, I do know my heart changed so much in that moment. And I was able to, you know, just trust him with an absurd amount of, Hey, like if I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, like I'm going to rock this. And I, and I do believe that if it did go in that direction, you know, for one, I I don't feel like it would have been a waste at all. Yeah. If I if I were to still remain single in that, and I do still believe that I would face a lot of the ups and downs. You know, and you know, you mentioned, and, and I just appreciate uh, you being you know genuine and transparent that like you still yearn for those things, and mm-hmm. you know, those are things that God laid on your heart, and that's and that's a good thing. Like it's it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing at all to say. You know, Lord, I hand this to you, but Lord, I do desire these things. And, you know, God does want to give us the desires of our hearts. And, and of course, you know, he wants us to be keeping him at the number one. You know, he wants us to, you know, be placing him first. Now, now for yourself, you know, you've, you've been living through singleness, you know, so much more than what I've experienced. And, you know, if, if life continues in this direction of, of all the things you have going on, of the things that God is doing in your life, do you feel like you would be looking back with any regrets? That's a good question. No, because I believe that God has shown me that he's not just enough and it is funny because i mentioned earlier that my dad i'm sorry my dad died when i was five Mm -hmm. um i've looked in my mom's eyes and my mom has embodied for me what it looks like for her to be content um she's wanted a husband i've wanted a husband for her Mm -hmm. um she made a mistake by marrying somebody that she thought was the the answer to, to fulfill her and it it was just a it was a mess um it turned out to be so backwards from what she expected and it ended up being uh a situation where she got a divorce from this this guy and he was 
abusive and different things that um, we can get into on another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, essentially, she thought for a minute she was she was seduced by that idea that I'm lonely and this is going to be what I need. And it turned out to be so different than what she was looking for. And I look in her eyes and I'm saying, mom, are you, are you content? Are you happy? Um, she's 62, like probably not going to get married again. Mm -hmm. And she says, Brandon, I'm so happy because if I get married again, that's great, but he's going to be just an addition to what I'm after, not who I'm after. Yeah. And to think about my mom in that situation, um, I just know that if God has me single for the rest of my life, then it's game time. Like <laughs> Paul said, like, let's roll. There's no distraction. There's mm -hmm. no... The, the, just being honest and real when we get married in relationships that there, there are a lot of things that are challenges that we wouldn't have had if we we're single. And it's not that those are bad. It's just that you now have a whole nother level of, of, I don't want to say distractions at all because that relationship is beautiful and that means so much and what God can do through a marriage and having kids. That's awesome. <clears throat> but there's also another beautiful path that is equally as important for those that God has chosen to be single. And Paul said, I, I asked that you'd prefer that route because you can be, you can be a solo rider, just making it happen for the kingdom. And that's where I'm at right now. And I find a lot of, a lot of contentment in that place saying, yeah, I long for a bride. I long for my wife. But if God says, Hey, I'm going to give you, an opportunity to be more focused on just the kingdom. It doesn't mean that you're more effective. It just means that that's your role and I'm going to fulfill you. And those desires are a constant reminder to bring you back to me and saying, are you fulfilled? Do you, do you see me? Do, uh, and I promise everybody that would listen to this. If you look in the father's eyes for two seconds, your world is going to be rocked every single mm -hmm. time. Yes. And it doesn't matter if you're married or not. That applies because if you're married, you're going to be like, Father, I need you. I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I'm, Or I have this amazing marriage. This woman's beautiful, but she's not fulfilling me because she wasn't meant to. You have mm -hmm. designed me to be fulfilled by you. And so the... The answer there is that we're fulfilled by the one that made us to be fulfilled by him. And that's it. Like we will not find yeah. that anywhere else. Yeah. And if it's our most effective route to be married, awesome. If it's our most effective route to be single, awesome. It doesn't matter. The fulfillment, the contentment will not come from being married or not. The fulfillment and the contentment will come from our gaze on the Father and knowing who He is. And we will either be a really good husband and father or a really good single like warrior on our own, equally content according to how much we're looking at his eyes, not his hands. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are things that he will fulfill, like I've seen in my mom, there's things that he's fulfilled for her that 
you just cannot you can't put logic to like there's there's no way to explain it and ah, I just believe that the father has more than than we can even comprehend I love this song from passion passion city worship that says you're bigger than I thought you were and every time that I'm at my end which comes more often than I'd like to admit. I'm like, I don't have answers. I don't know what to do. I don't have, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to hope for. He's like, I'm bigger than you thought I was. And he proves it over and over. And uh, yeah, it's it's an experience thing. It's not a, it's not a, hey, let me just tell you how this works. This is the formula. It's more yeah. of, Yep. You get before him, and then it's game over. But until you have the courage to go there and just surrender, you're you're always going to be wishing and wanting and wondering. Yeah. And so that's how he's designed it. Yeah. And you know, I I feel like it's just the most tragic thing to for anybody to to build their life around the idea of getting married, and if God doesn't mm-hmm. call them in that direction, and then there, you know, if you look back and it, and you know, if somebody knew that they would not have gotten married, they would have played their cards a little differently. But also, mm-hmm. you know, in the case of if you do get married, it puts your heart in such a good place to have been able to, to trust God and not be looking into that relationship as a source of fulfillment because it's just not going to be doing it for you. Mm-hmm. And and I just, I just love where you're at. Like, I'll be praying for you. I will huh. be praying that the Lord can continue to guide you. And I'll, I'll even be praying that if, if he has somebody set up for you, that he can, you know, bring, bring them to you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but God is, God is so good because the cool part is in the midst of it all, if, if, if you're not able to find a spouse, he is still so good through all things. You're doing so many incredible things in your life right now. You're doing so much incredible ministry with, with the extreme sports at Camp Royal. And it's, it's just incredible seeing that work going through you, man. I just, I just really appreciate just how, how you've been able to just like spill your heart out and, and what God has been, been doing with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, he's, he's continually surprising me. Yeah. Because he has bigger dreams than we could have imagined. And he, he, is always proving it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, mm-hmm. as uh, as we're starting to wrap things up, and I certainly want to have you on another episode at some point in the future. This has just been awesome. <laughs> um, you know, is is there any way I can be praying for you in particular? Mm. I mean, the I listeners. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have it together. I don't have all these answers. I just know where the contentment comes from. And so I struggle on a daily basis of the things I've been talking about. You know, these, these aren't things that I have mastered. These aren't things that I'm, oh, I've got this unlocked. Yeah. Like I, I'm in this struggle myself. I'm constantly reminded of the need to surrender what I think I need and what I want to let go and say, God, can I just look in your eyes? And that's a that's a hard struggle because that's where the 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 war of hell is waged. 
is saying, are you going to look to the Father for contentment, or are you going to look to what I tell you that is going to make you happy? And that's where I'd love your prayer, because yeah. I, I, I would love to be married. I would love to not just be married. It's not about that. It's about finding that bride that God has designed for, for my heart and my heart for her. But the funny thing is that I, I know that it, this plays again to all sorts of different areas. I, I don't want to be seduced by the illusion that the ministry, so we run this ministry and it's, it's great and it's exciting, but I don't want to be distracted by that mm-hmm. because I know that that's not going to bring fulfillment. I spent probably six hours today on the phone with different team members on our, our staff of just desires that they have. And, and I was reminding them to refocus on the father's eyes saying, yeah. I know that what you're wanting deep inside is actually going to be answered when you stop and let go of that and look at him. And the details are just, they're going to work out. Like he has his hands mm-hmm. full, but he wants you. He wants my heart. He wants every single one of us to just look at him. And so that's my prayer. I, I would love for my eyes to constantly be on his because you think about Peter, he jumped out of the boat because he wanted Jesus. He looked in his eyes. He was mm-hmm. captivated. He was walking on water. He didn't even know he was. And then as soon as he realized what was happening, he looked down, he tried to control it, and he sunk. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> bye, dude. As yeah. soon as we take our eyes off of his eyes and we're not captivated by him, we lose that portal of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would ask that I would just stay locked, man. I, I mean it. Everything we're talking about right now is my my deepest heart's desire. I don't have it figured out, but I know the answer, and I long for that. I want to stay locked on him. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And now, uh, can you briefly, uh, in just like a minute or two, tell us a little bit about Camp Royal, uh, where it is, what it does, mm-hmm. and uh, just about the ministry in general? Yeah, of course. Uh, we haven't. The funny thing is that the, the racing turned into events that turned into camps, and now we have an action sports summer camp that's Jesus plus X Games sports plus the message of identity. And so you have the summer camp platform that happens during the summer, but year round we have after school programs, we have um, leadership development courses, we have all kinds of things that God's doing. But um, God opened the door for us to be utilizing a, a 10,600 acre property in West Virginia um, that's all about action sports but but god wanted identity to be spoken about who his kids were for real Mm -hmm. and so the world poured 400 million dollars into this property and then they gave us a call saying up we actually believe that this was built for you and this is a surprise but we're doing summer camps in west virginia Uh, we're opening a location just south of atlanta Mm -hmm. and the the roadmap is really overwhelming (laughs) of what he's shown us that he's about to do and so it's it's it all comes back to our identity who are we as his kids who are we as his sons and daughters and are we finding him as our 
just our purpose and our contentment. And then we can have a ton of fun. We can, we can know that he's going to bring us the wisdom and the energy to be successful in our careers and our relationships and everything else. But the, the core centerpiece is who are we and are we satisfied with him? And then everything else blows out. I mean, it's all an overflow. And so that's what we do. Um, it's a, it's a dream that I never could conceive that's coming true <laughs> and way past what I thought it would be. And it's, it's going faster than I can control. So I just have to continue to center back and be like, okay, God, you're in control. This is, this is fun. Yeah. But, that's, that's just incredible. So where can, where can people go to learn more about Camp Royal and give if they're being led to? Yeah, it is. It's called we are is the website. Mm-hmm. So we are royal.com and then um, on Facebook, Instagram, all that is at the Royal Camp. So at the Royal Camp or at Camp Royal. Um, I hate to say it, but I don't know which one's which. I think Facebook is at the Royal Camp because it probably was taken. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. Instagram said we are royal, I think. I don't know. All right. I should have looked it up, but the, the, it's all right. you're going to find it if you're looking for it. I promise. Yeah. Awesome. So what is a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart lately that you'd like to share with us tonight? Mm. Yeah. Um, Lately it's been just be still and know that I am God because I just turned 37 and I asked the father, I said, so what do you have for this year? Like what's your hope? And he said, I just want you to be with me. I want you to remember that the, the stakes are high but the pressure's off. And if the pressure's off, that means I'm carrying the pressure. So yeah, Psalm, Psalm 37, four, that delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart and the desires of my heart. I've coupled that with Matthew. Um, I think it's five, five or seven, five. You have to look it up, but okay. If you ask anything according to my will, it's yes. And so I've been praying that God just help me want what you want. And I know you're going to fulfill it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, I'm just so blessed to to know you. Uh, this mm-hmm. won't be our last conversation. I hope um, not. And, and I look forward to just getting to know you better uh, in, in life, man. So I, I got to come mm-hmm. down to Atlanta, come down to visit you sometime. Let's go. And uh, I'm going to be taking a look and see, seeing how soon I can make that happen, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, man. No problem at all. So um, everybody out there, be sure to like, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, if you know somebody that could use this podcast and be encouraged by it, be sure to share it with them. And in the meantime, be sure to get out there, seize the day, and maximize every chapter of your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.